the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every Christian's desire should be to live a life that is pleasing before God. Listen in today as Pastor Draper speaks to us about living to please God. Pastor Draper will be speaking from 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, the first verse. Turn with us to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. And there is a word from the Lord in that particular text. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. In reading from the New Living Translation, you'll find these words. Finally, dear brothers and sisters... We urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you. You are doing this already and we encourage you to do so more and more. And from this particular text, we want to preach living to please God. Repeat after me, living to please God. I pose a question to you, my brothers and sisters and visitors this morning. If God were to send from heaven to you today a certified letter straight from heaven by one of his angels, which contained a thorough evaluation of your life, what would that evaluation say based on your lifestyle, living, and commitment to God? Would it be a letter of approval, acceptance, and commendation? Or would it be a letter of disapproval, regret, and disqualification? And all of us under my voice, you fall under one of these categories. Would your letter read, whatever your name is, your life is approved, accepted. You are to be commended all with a deep sense of regret, the angel reveals your life and says, based on what you have here and how you've lived your life, this letter evaluation reads, disqualified because you have not sought with all your heart to please God. All of us in here either bring God delight and gratification or we are breaking the heart of God because our lives are nowhere near where God wants us to be at this time. And here in this particular verse, Paul writes to the Thessalonian church and he exhorts them to live a life that is pleasing to God. And what Paul tells the Thessalonian church today, beloved, is good counsel for the church today. Here in this particular verse, we have the the universal church being addressed from Thessalonica, not only for Thessalonica, but for all the church. And if the universal church had a single mindset of pleasing God, what a tremendous impact the church would make 
on the world. What if all of us, every one of you by radio, under my voice, we all had a sing, the one single mindset of pleasing God? What impact would we make in the workplace, in our neighborhoods, and in our lives around us? My friend, if your life is not a sweet-smelling aroma, it may be because you're without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe that's why you can't please God. You don't know him. Or number two, you may be in Christ, but you're carnal. You're looking like the world. You got the world's smell on you. And so you cannot please God. Or maybe you can't please God because you've been saved by God, but you are out of the will of God. And the only way to really please God is to be in his will. So which category are you in? Are you, you can't please him because you're not saved. You can't please him because you are carnal. People look at you and they don't know who you are or whose you are. Or is it the case that you just... um, out of his will. Question, how do I live a life that is pleasing to God? That's the question we want to pose. How do I live a life that is pleasing to God? Number one, one must first have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the first thing. You cannot please God apart from a what? Personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There can be no hope, no deliverance, No relationship with the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ, unless you've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. It is impossible to please God apart from the blood of Jesus Christ being applied to your heart. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. You'll see something of significance there. Colossians 1, 13, 14, it says, for he has rescued, reading from the New Living Translation, for he has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness, and he has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. God has purchased our freedom with his blood and has forgiven all our sins. Be it known to you today, church, that we must seek to please the one who rescued us. How many know you've been rescued by God, saved by God, delivered by God? We were lost. We were doomed and damned. And God rescued us by the power of his shed blood. He liberated us. Jesus Christ alone was and is the only one qualified to liberate us from Satan's kingdom and set our captive souls free through his death, burial, and resurrection. I thank God today that I'm redeemed. I don't want to get so, be so saved so long that I can't enjoy the fact that I'm saved. Say I'm saved. Say I'm glad I'm saved. I'm happy I'm saved. The last time you just woke up and just thank God. You know, God, I just want to tell you today I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad you took me from what I was and changed me to what I needed to be in you. Number two, how do we live a life to please God? Number two, we please God by living by faith. Pleasing God is to live by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 really says something significant there. Pleasing God is to live by what? Hebrews 11 6 says, but without faith it is impossible to 
please God, please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, some of you can't be rewarded by God because you're not seeking God. And others want rewards, but they want it on their own turn. God is not going to hand out rewards unless you are seeking him. In other words, you come to Christ by faith. You live out your life by faith. I must be willing to die for the Jesus I say I believe in. It pleases God when we diligently seek him. We are to be faith walkers and not sight walkers. We are to walk by what? And not by sight. In other words, we need to trust the Lord for our marriage when you don't even see anything. When there is no relationship when it's empty and dry. We need to trust God for our marriage when our children have deep issues and you've done the best you can and all you can. You, and now you just put them on the altar and say, Lord, here they are. But even when you don't see anything and your child may have broken your heart uh, devastatingly, maybe they're on drugs, maybe they're in prison, or maybe you don't know where they are. The worst thing you can ever do for your child is give up on them. And you ought not give up on them because God didn't give up on you. Amen. So since God didn't give up on you, you ought not give up on them. And the worst thing you can do is stop praying for your child. That's exactly what Satan wants you to do. To say, you know, I am through with you. Well, what if God said he was through with you? You see, so... uh, Uh, You have to believe God uh, for your children. You have to believe God for your finances. When you're broke, made a mess, and expect God to clean up the mess that he didn't do in the first place. You know, God is able to clean up your mess. You say, man, if you knew the debt and all the circumstances, I don't have credit. My credit is shot. I always have to pay more interest, more finance, more everything because... I, I, I just don't have, let me tell you something. You can believe God and start walking by faith and surrender God's resources to, to him and God will transform your finance. But you got to believe God. It starts with believing God by faith in your health. Believe God in your job, a transition, a challenge, a potential layoff, believing God for your education, even in the midst of, of children and issues and jobs and health and Things going against you, you trust God for that education anyway. In major decisions, believe God. For direction for your life, believe God. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thine own understanding, says Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him and let him what? Direct your path. And You can't let him direct your path until you believe him. Number three, how do we please God? Pleasing God is not to allow myself to be satisfied with my present spiritual condition. Pleasing God is to not allow myself to be satisfied with my present spiritual condition. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Pleasing God is not to allow myself to be satisfied with my present spiritual condition. 1 Corinthians 9, 27 says, but I discipline my body and, and bring it into subjection lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Disqualified. And so we have to discipline ourselves, myself as a preacher, 
and, uh, and as a Christian, and you as a Christian, and you as a leader, and you as a servant leader to the glory of God. We must discipline ourselves in order that Christ would get better production out of us. I mean, if you're not disciplined, you cannot produce in the way that God wants you to produce. Self-denial is extremely important if we're going to make spiritual progress. In other words, there is no spiritual progress apart from self-denial. And a lot of folk wonder why they're in the state they're in is because you don't want to deny yourself. You can't just follow simple instructions. Or you got to process things and then come to your own conclusion that is not really of God. Can't please God because too much of your own flesh is in the way. And what God is saying that you have to deny yourself in order to make spiritual progress. One cannot please God being rebellious. You cannot please God being strong-willed. Strong will. You just don't want to do it because you were asked to do it. You don't see why you ought to do it, even if it's for my best interest. Uh, because you have an independent spirit. You've been so into yourself so long, it's hard to be a team player. Or because you're hard. You know, hard hearts cannot please God. And some folk are hard, and they're mean, and they're callous, and they're honoring. I'm talking about folk who say they're saved. And folk, instead of coming to you, they run from you. And some folk can't please God simply because you are too fragile. I mean, somebody just said, grunt the wrong way, and you all broken up. All broken up. Somebody say something you don't like, do something you don't like. You fall to pieces, quit, leave the church, and go on about your business. Listen, a lot of things you don't like on your job, but you stay there and work it. Amen. Your boss get on your nerves a whole lot of time, but you go on in there and say good morning and give a good day's work. You teachers, those students challenge you, but you go on in there and teach. Amen. You nurses out there, you got some, you got some tough patients. That's, that's, you, got to, you got to fight them to get a needle in their veins. I mean, I mean, but you go on and you do that. Some days you don't have a good day. I mean, how would it be like every time something didn't go your way, you quit? You quit. You starve to death. Amen? Why is it that you can stay on that job regardless of the changes? And then you get to church and you're so fragile. She looked at me the wrong way. He sat in my seat. I just don't like her. Why that person sings the song? Uh, and, And on and on it goes. Uh, you go, you leave because you know what somebody told a preacher about me. That's a, nobody told me. The Lord told the Lord speaks through me. Amen. Does Lord does the Lord ever step on your feet? I don't know what you're doing. I don't, I don't even know your name, but I do know God. And a real message from the Lord will speak to us and will mess with us. And f- fragile in the church. You have to have a tender heart and tough skin. If not, you'll, you'll never find yourself in a church. And some of you looking, you go church to church, and you go to this one, you're dibbling and dabbling all over the city, and you're looking for a perfect church, you're not going to find it. And when you get there, it won't be perfect because you're there. <laughs> Won't y'all say amen? <laughs> fragile, fragile, fragile. You stay in that class, hopefully. Uh, some of y'all drop classes that are hard. But if you're going to graduate, you got to take that hard class too. Amen? 
You can't drop something because it's challenging. Life is challenging. So, so we must give our best effort for Christ and not be satisfied doing so little for him. Many have such a self-centered life until they have very little or no time with the Lord. You can't please God because your church attendance is too poor. Or if any, you don't have one. There's no Bible study in your life, no prayer, no meditating on the word of God, no witness found in you. In other words, today was bring a neighbor day. And how many of you, how many of you all invited, invited a neighbor? Whether they showed up or not, how many of you made the effort? Hey man, I went out in the streets, I got 10 cards and went out and just um, all through and I bought some, some pies and went out and just and randomly, just all over the neighborhood. One guy, said, he looked at me, he said, I am shocked that you would give me a pie witness to me. And I said, well, I'm not. I said, because I'm called to be a light in the neighborhood. We are all neighbors. I never will forget where I used to stay some years ago. Um, my neighbor had a heart attack next door, had had a heart attack, been in the hospital, and been out. And months later, I found out after the fact, right next door. I don't want to call his name. But what I'm saying is that that convicted me to try to get to know my neighbors, to talk with my neighbors, or if my garage door is up, they'll, they'll come to my house and they have authority to let my garage door down. You know how you get out and sometimes you leave it up and they'll go in there and let it down and, or they'll call me and let me know something is wrong. That's being a good neighbor. Can your neighbor call you? Do they know a number on you? Do you know two names of your neighbors? How many of y'all got a front porch? Y'all got that? Oh, okay. Now, y'all, uh, uh, I said porch. That's what I said. I said, y'all, I know, I know you're not using them because you can't even raise your hand. Now, I said again, how many of you all have a front porch? Okay. Now, let me ask you this question. When is the last time you sat, cook a chair, and sat on your front porch and just waved and spoke to folk as they passed by. Now, y'all say, that sounds crazy. Don't look at me. You say, are you sick? I'm saying something simple. You're so big, you drive in the car, the door goes down, and it stays down until the next day you leave for daylight, you come out, you shoot out, then you go back in, let your door down. When is the last time any of us just said, you know what, I'm going to sit on the porch, I'm going to eat some watermelon, or I'm going to have some cake. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's an old time, watermelon. And uh, take it, and then, you know, you have some slices there, and then you begin to offer whatever it is, some, some cake or some cookies, and you say, hey, I got some, hey, look here, I got some, man, folk. Folk think you crazy, but that's the best thing you could do. That's building relationship. You want to build relationship, give them something to eat. It doesn't have to be expensive. Just some cookies from Sam's or something, little sandwiches. And you'll be surprised. They'll come. Some lemonade. And just say, you just bet, I'll sit on your grass. You say, oh, it's too manicured. Give up the God of grass and put a chair on it. Sit a little closer to the streets. Neighbors. One of my neighbors told me another neighbor 
told me, you know what? You are doing what the scripture says. The scripture says, love thy neighbor. And that just blessed me so much. And I wouldn't have heard that had I not got engaged in my own neighborhood. And you know what? God is trying to wake us up. I'm going to tell you something else, too. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When you got a chair on the porch, don't turn your chair toward the door. You know, I see some people that got chairs. I looked at some neighbors, and I walk in, and some neighbors, their chairs are turned, their chairs are turned, you know, they're sitting where they don't look this way. They're sitting facing the, I said, man, what purpose is that chair? That you ought to, we ought to be welcoming, and we ought to be open. You all should have confounded me with so many of you bringing so many neighbors. And you know what? You have to have at least 10 invites or even more to get one. Now, if you did 10 and didn't come, that's one thing. But you know, you got to give your best effort to the glory of Almighty God. Witnessing. In other words, that leads me to my next point, number four. Use every God-given opportunity to tell those that God is going to place right in your path about Jesus Christ. Use every God-given opportunity to tell those that God is going to place right in your path about Jesus Christ. We do not have enough of the cross in our daily conversation. Talking about the person and works of Jesus Christ and his soon return pleases God. We had an appliance man come and make a delivery at our home the other day. And they were out waiting. They were just doing all kinds of stuff and with their two-wheelers and get everything situated. And while they were there, I said, you know, y'all, Jesus Christ is coming back. Are you ready? He said, if he comes, I'll be on my knees. That's what one of them said. I said, well, that's a good place to be, but it's good, it's good if you can be on your knees before he comes. Just give him a quick one. They weren't there no more than, you know, they move fast. No more than 10, 12 minutes, but I got me a minute worth in. How many times do people come to your door and make deliveries or deliver something and you just say, have a good day? The best day they can have is getting Jesus Christ into their lives. Acts 1a says, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. God calls us to be a witness, not just to talk about the cowboys and talk about how bad they lost. Why don't you talk about Jesus who won? Who saved you, who transformed. Listen, guy, I know somebody you can, who wins and who has won. Cowboys will let you down like they might do with tonight. Oh, I know what's going on. You know, that's a good time to witness. Thank you, Holy Spirit. How about getting the game instead of inviting your holy huddle that you know in the church all the time? Same old foe, shut the door and no more. We're going to have a cowboy get rescuing game, and I'm going to put on some burgers. I'm going to grill them babies. Or some dogs, some wieners, and I'm going to invite my neighbors over. And during halftime, we're going to eat, and I'm going to bless the food, and we're going to hold hands in a circle. And I'm going to share John 3.16 and talk about the love of Jesus. You ain't got to preach to them for a whole hour, but you can squeeze them. The halftime can be your time for God. Amen? 
You can glorify God in the game. I mean, why have an entertainment room and don't invite sinners in to be entertained and give them Jesus? Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? Number five, we please God when we allow the Holy Spirit to have more control of our lives. We please God when we allow the Holy Spirit to have more control over our lives. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. Okay? And a lot of folk are getting drunk around games, slapping the television around. But God is saying, be filled with the what? The Holy Ghost. Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to strengthen my areas of weaknesses? The Holy Ghost will do that. I can't please God being weak and feeble. The Holy Spirit wants to refine us. He will improve us. He will speak to our hearts. But many of you tune the Holy Ghost out through stubbornness, worldly pleasure, selfishness, too many relationships to the point that the voice of God has been drowned out by the voice of man. And therefore, some of you spend more time on the cell phones, television, internet, and with friends than you do with God. And God is calling you to be pleasing unto him. Acts 5.29 says, But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Number six, we please our Lord when we seek to know God's will and do it. We please our Lord when we seek to know God's will and what? And do it. John 5.30. The Gospel of John chapter 5 verse 30. It says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. And as Jesus was in the Father's will, the Lord is calling us to be in his will. Thy kingdom come, what? Thy will be done on what? Earth as it is in heaven. All that Jesus did was depend upon the Father's word and will. Are you so wrapped up in your own selfish desires and ambitions and agendas and careers that you fail to know God's will and do it at any cost? Beloved, the word of God and the spirit of God will reveal the will of God. Did you get that? The word of God and the spirit of God will reveal what? The will of God as you cultivate an intimate relationship with him. The word of God and the what? Spirit of God will reveal what? The will of God as you cultivate an intimate relationship with him. You will not know his will out there on your own. You will not know his will unless you spend time with him. You will not know his will living in sin. You will not know his will having it your way. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.